0: the industry down here has felt the first real Miami summer in four years. So now I think all the new kids on the block, and by that I mean like everyone that's not from here, is Mm -hmm. experiencing this very slow summer and being like, where the fuck did this come from? And I think everyone that's from here has kind of been like, well, we've been here before. Yeah. Not only we've been here, but we told you. Yeah, we told you this shit was going to happen. And I think uh, part of my concern is that some of these guys that dropped serious coin... Into the city are now gonna start getting some serious cold feet about like how their growth was supposed to happen, their projections and so on and so forth. You know, even us too. Like we've taken a hit. Um, I mean, everyone has, uh, and it's pretty similar to what we experienced like 2018, 2019. Holy shit! We just recorded a whole episode and we didn't press the record button. We were like seven minutes in. Fuck me. (laughs) <laughs> welcome
1: you were not wrong we are rusty it's been a little while <laughs> welcome back to pan podcast there's a uh, whole
0: button that needs to be read bre- i know we i know staring at
1: we it. were well i mean it really was on me you know but uh you know what well, my confusion is that there's a clock here so the right. clock is always telling me like a time and i just see that and that's but you know welcome we're just back.
0: discussing our shortcomings and <laughs> The so, <laughs>
1: there's so many on this side of the on this side of the mixer. Um I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm joined as usual by eighth grade basketball MVP and award winning Elvis Impersonating Santa Claus, Michael Beltran. Boom. Uh it had been a while. We're rusty. We it's recorded a, a little uh, bit without actually recording anything. Uh, <laughs> it, what and it was
0: is we were practicing.
1: That's what it was. It was a yeah. test run. It was uh-huh. a test run. We successfully recorded a coffee ad that you'll hear <laughs> later in this episode. Did so we there's it? that we did. We definitely okay, recorded that's that. Good. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had just talked about in terms of what's new and things happening. Uh, Mike being a brand new dog owner. There's yeah. a new dog in the picture.
0: Yeah, we have uh, we have a dog. Um, right. I was very adamant about not getting a dog. Right. Because uh, I had the same dog for 17 years, and then she passed away. And then you know it was just like two and a half months ago. A friend of mine posted a video of this dog that his cousin found, and I was like, fuck it, maybe it's time. I did not know that uh, with time, as you get older, your allergies do get worse, um, so that's been interesting over the last two and a half months. I'm fine now. Uh, if you want to send, like, get well soon cards, just send them to Nick's house, and, um, and you know, I'm good, but he's a sweetheart. He's a very handsome dog. Um He's a colossal pain in my ass also, but he's also very sweet. So that's good.
1: I had met him before, but this was probably the most time I spent around him. He's a big fan of putting body parts of people in his mouth. Not biting, but uh, just like sticking them in there.
0: Yeah, he's like a gnawer. He like gnaws, but yeah. doesn't like really bite. Right, right, it's right. Very strange, but he's kind of a weirdo. Yeah. It's cool. It makes sense. Yeah, was what, like one or two? He's like, the, the vet said he's like, uh, so he was like 10 months when we got him, so about one. Okay, yeah. You yeah. know, so puppy yeah he's a lot of dog he's a lot of yes yeah, a lot of a lot of dogs 65 pounds of dog actually
1: uh so then the next brilliant segue that I already forgot how it happened was to asking about Ava so this is a brand new upcoming concept from Ariadne Hospitality Group it's been a little while since we talked about like Ariadne Hospitality updates without a guest around so tell the people what Ava is
0: so I mean we um we wanted to do something that was very different from everything else we have in our portfolio as a company. So we wanted to go to like a Mediterranean route, something that was lighter, uh, a little more like family friendly, something that's good for like a Monday or a Tuesday, but also good for Saturday or Sunday. um, You know, we have a great location right in the middle and in the heart of Cocoa Walk. And um, you know, right now we're just waiting on some final, Final final stuff from the city that's been stuck there for months. <laughs> and um, so we can get it going. You know, we're going to have this little like oyster bar attached to it. It's going to have like 22 seats. It's going to be cool. Um, oh, smaller than I thought for some reason. Well, the actual restaurant itself. Oh, okay. Is 150. Okay, seats, that's what I thought. But the oyster bar that's attached to it's it. Is 22 seats. Yeah, it's just got like, a, like an eight person bar and then it'll have some cocktail tables. And that's really more for like you're walking around the Grove. You don't want to like commit to having like a full-ass lunch, but you still want a cocktail and just chill. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's going to add like a really good um, kind of like vibe to that part of Cocoa Walk. Um, and, you know, there's some cool stuff there in Cocoa Walk. Um, yeah, cool is a strong word. But still, there's some stuff there that's doing pretty well. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the goal was to be open in August, and that's not going to happen. Which is typical. Yeah, but I've been saying, like, we're 60 days out for, like, six months. Right. So that's not super typical for us, because sure. usually, like, you know, if we say 60 days, it's more like 90, uh, but this has been, like, a recurring, like, I don't know why, what's really been the holdup, but, mm-hmm. you know, it always happens with whatever uh, construction company you end up using. And How did you guys land on
1: Mediterranean? Like, I understand wanting it to be Well, light, just because but-
0: we wanted it, like, a lighter s- style of food and something that's, uh, you know, that people will gravitate towards pretty easily Mm -hmm. and that we can kind of go in a completely different direction than anything we've ever done. I mean, you know, chef Ashley is also going to be, she's moved to more of like a global corporate level. position, So she's going to be overseeing that with me also. Um, And it's a style of food that she was super comfortable with. Um, And really we just want to be able to like uh, serve a, a, broader amount of people something that a lot of people can enjoy you know area is super specific i think even chugs in a lot of ways is pretty specific Lorel is also um you know the gibson not so much because it the gibson teeters between like is it a restaurant or is it a bar right so it's like you can really go there for whatever you could go there and not eat if you want um so i think that's really where we landed i mean it's also the location of where it's at in Cocoa walk um you know, there's a lot of people that walk through there, and we just want to be able to, that we can we have something for everyone in that location.
1: Mm-hmm. Has there been any involvement from uh, the two Greek people who I've gotten oh, to know uh, a little uh, bit?
0: You mean Manelos and, uh, and Nick? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I talk to Nick a lot. I mean, I mean, no one's going to know Greek food better than the Greek, the tall Greek dude. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Ashley and I bounce ideas off of him all the time, and just kind of like get his feedback um and he's been he's been i mean he's also a, a pretty solid cook nick yeah I, i've had uh, just one thing he's made yeah and, and it's it was good. it was a good time yeah i mean he uh he's made stuff for us too and it's been like yeah it's cool super down so and just putting our twist on it and trying to make like applying it to a restaurant setting it's always different than like when you cook at home yeah of course so yeah i mean i'm pretty pumped for it i think um I think it's going to be cool um, because, you know, we've been doing a lot of the same style of food for a long time, which I love. But it's also cool to do something different. Nice.
1: This episode of Bangkok Podcast is brought to you by Perla Specialty Roasters. Perla produces an award-winning coffee portfolio. They are a four-time Good Food Award finalist and two-time winner. Perla uses coffee directly sourced from around the world using relationships on the farm level. They view their coffee portfolio as a way for coffee partners like Area Hospitality Group to further enhance their guest experience.
0: I really love what their brand represents from a local standpoint. They're uh, very immersed in the community and they've been very supportive uh, of all of our places even before we used to serve Perla. So... Uh, When we decided to partner with them and make them our coffee provider across the board, they've been great to work with.
1: With such intention placed on the food and bar program, shouldn't your restaurant have the same attention to detail? Their espresso fino blend was specifically designed to pair great with milk, making it amazing for latte or cortadito. Perla's biggest competition is the large, soulless, multinational roasting operations. You like that
0: soulless? so good. It's like the final boss. (laughs) You have to beat the soulless multinational multinational fucking Folgers monster or something. Roasting operations. It's like a Maxwell House (laughs) thing walking up to you. It's good.
1: They can also solve equipment needs with sales, leasing, and service operations available at their disposal. With lightning-fast order fulfillment, orders roast and ship the same day, sometimes chug's diner gets its order the same day the coffee was roasted
0: i can uh 100 say that that's actually happened more than once from a customer standpoint customer service standpoint they're pretty incredible to work with for sure
1: with initial and ongoing staff training to make sure that their coffee is tasting on point yeah
0: i think uh, there's two points there that are incredibly true just because i've lived them it's like the when it comes to equipment issues, uh, how willing they are to help us in the maintenance, uh, standpoint of, of equipment, cause coffee equipment, unless you're, you have years and years of knowledge, you have no idea how to even start. And then the ongoing staff training, uh, you know, it's something that they talk about with us several times, whether they want to come in and do training us on how to make the coffee or just education on the coffee, um. They're really, they've been really great.
1: To get all of your coffee situation on point, drinkperla.com. That's drink, com drinkperla.com to get your coffee situation on point and move away from those soulless operations. Maxwell House, big boss. <laughs>
0: okay. Last
1: again, the last time we recorded, it was pre El Vecino opening.
0: Yeah, how do you feel about it? I mean, you spent a lot of time there, man. Too much time. Yeah, you spent a lot of time there. <laughs> more and more time than I was expecting to be there. You like it there? I think. I you, do. I yeah, do. I just like I just there. have other things to do. Yeah, that's fine. You t- you totally can go do other things too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you can. <laughs> I just think that like that. Um, I, I really feel like that space. One, I think it came out beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think. You know, and I think you could agree with with this because we said it from the beginning. Like the cigar program was going to take a while for it to develop Mm -hmm. as we like filled up the humidor. And we knew that like day one wasn't going to be everything that we had. Of course. Um, And I think that's been a large focus of like what you've done there. It's also like it's not your regular bar. So like how you operate a bar, you can't operate that. It's also not a regular cigar lounge, so you can't operate it just like a cigar lounge. So, you know, with that space and other things like it, uh, it takes some time to kind of understand like what it takes to run it from an operational side. I think we've gotten pretty lucky with some of the people that are there. Uh, I think Eddie was a good addition to the team. For sure. Um, you know, I think uh, Georgia and Brittany have learned a lot about cigars, which has been good for them. Um, but you know those the nights that that place is like you know full it's it's pretty great, yeah. you know um, and I think it really executed everything that we wanted it to be, which was like a more high end finesse approach to kind of like what we all grew up with um from a service standpoint from like small service touches to what the room feels like, I think that's all cool, yeah, I think um
1: it's I think it's pretty much everything we wanted it to be or expected sure. it to be in light of the fact that it's in that Miami World Center yeah. situation with all the construction, with the new development, with, with all the rest of that. Um, I uh, And to your point, almost to a person, like everybody who goes in there who knows anything about cigars and cigar lounges immediately acknowledges like it's a unique place.
0: For sure. I mean it's hard not to right? because there's so many and they're all good and different in their own right. Of course. It's like what all cigar lounges do. It's like, it takes on the identity of the person who opened it. Right. I think for us, we less wanted an identity of like us, but really an identity of like hospitality and like a higher end approach to just this whole thing that is cigar bars. Right. Right. Um, and I think it's cool. I mean, I would agree with you that everyone who does walk in there that I've talked to, um, they're just kind of like over the moon about it. Like, man, this place is so cool. It's great. Uh, The AC is awesome. Um, It's hot right now, man. So like I do get that comment a lot. Like, man, it's cold in here. I'm like, yeah, it's cold. Uh, (laughs) um, The drinks are really good. I think the service is really good. And I think our cigar options
1: are great. Yeah. And I, I think to, you know, to your point, there's, there's other places and they do what they do well. And I tell people all the time, like even in the humidor, uh, when when guests come in and and I'm dealing with them and they tell me, oh, you know, I go here and I go there and this and that, and I tell them, you know, if I lived in the area, which I don't, I live in Kendall, so it takes me you a solid far a solid thirty thirty five minutes to get there and back.
0: I feel like it would be more. No,
1: well, I'm ne- I'm never on the road at rush hour. Oh, right. Um, that's fair. So, but I tell people all the time, like if I lived in the area, I'd probably split my time between Ebbsino and City. Yeah, City has a bigger selection. It's I don't know if at this point they... When we opened, they definitely had a bigger spirits selection. Mm-hmm. But that was never the focus at a bassino. It was a, It's a cocktail bar. It's, it's right. that craft, the service. It's, it's all of those things. Um, but even people who love other places come in
0: and they're like, there's nothing quite like this Yeah, yeah. anywhere, really. Yeah, I mean, the uh, artistry of being able to make like a solid classic cocktail along with the signature cocktails that we have on the menu, I think is like something that's very tough for uh, cigar bars that have booze, because right. a lot of times it's not a focus. And for us as a company, it's always been a focus. Um, so it was a little bit easier for us. Um, and, you know, like I, I personally, I'm a cocktail drinker. So, um, you know, I don't ever go somewhere and ask for like a McAllen neat. Um, we could bleep that out. McAllen. They're not paying for this episode. So i um, <laughs> sure I don't know. If- <laughs> uh, but the, uh, you know. It's it's sometimes a challenge, and it's not because it's not a, a downfall. And like the person behind the bar, it's just not something they do very often. Right. So, um, you know, I'll say like when I go to uh, Galliano, they make me solid cocktails. Yeah. You know, they have a, a good booze selection back there. Um, it's just it's a different type of place. Right. Of course. Um,
1: and the, and the fact that it is that way, I think, has also you know I I tell people all the time. I tell guests. I tell uh, the team that works there. Like outside of the humidor, I'm pretty useless. I don't know anything. But <laughs> Got it. But the, the fact that things are the way they are outside of the humidor makes the inside of the humidor very different mm-hmm. also from anywhere else in part because whether it's because people come in already knowing Ariette or the rest of the company or because they've already had like even just a few minutes of the experience at the bar or in the, in the lounge area. By the time they get to the humidor, they're already in a different place and they're ready to like be guided to new things. Sure. And at that point, it's not like, oh, do you have this thing I want? It's like whether teach me something or recommend something to me, they're already in a different place in their heads. Right. That makes it so that we don't have to sweat the fact that we're not a superstore and we're never going to be. That's not right. that's not the
0: idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't have the space to be one either. That's not just ne- it was never the idea for us.
1: Right. Right. No, even even with the space, like even if it were there, it wouldn't make any sense given what the experience is outside so um yeah it's been cool to 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 be around it and to get people's feedback and and all that and uh you know it's it's growing steadily and i I think the most encouraging thing is how many people what percentage of people become regulars almost instantly
0: well uh, that's something else that i um i have said a lot over the last like what we've been open three months
1: yeah may 5th was the first day and today's the June,
0: July 20-something, 20 28, Right. So it's like that place is going to take, it's going to be step-by-step step growing a clientele over time. Right. You know, like building a regular base of people um, that want to go there often. And uh, I think that it's like any, it's like that with a lot of cigar bars, lounges in general. It's like, you know, you find that spot that you want to go to that has certain type of service or a certain drink that you like or just like, just the vibe is what you want it to be. And then you just keep on going back Mm -hmm. and you keep on going back. And usually cigar smokers are pretty routine. Um, Yeah. And I think that's been like the best thing is that now, you know, we've opened up our membership program. Uh, We have some members. We're going to continue to grow that some more Uh, and just really steady. And you see it a lot in, uh, the financials, it's just, you know, things are becoming pretty much more consistent from the fact that like it's kind of you see the same people coming back over and over. Right. And then there's new people <clears throat> and then they're going to start coming back over and over also. Right. So that's cool. I I always said that it was going to be that place that took a while for it to develop. But once it did, I mean, it would be strong on its own. Yeah. The, the sort of emblematic.
1: Regular couple uh, that I always refer to or uh, it's this married couple that come in. Usually on a Saturday or a Sunday, they pick up a box of uh, Padron 1926 number 35 Natural. They split a snack, glasses of wine, smoke one cigar out of the box each, take it home, smoke through the rest of the box, and come back and do it all over again the next week. Yeah, that's super routine. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Like, they routine. know exactly this. In fact, we don't have that cigar on the shelves. We just keep it set aside for them.
0: Oh, that's cool. So that. at
1: any one time, we have, like, five boxes of that because we know they're going to keep coming back. And and that's their that's their thing. They've got their own little like things set that. aside. Um, so you know we'll yeah we'll we'll pick up more and more of that. Um, and and I'm, I'm and I'm also looking forward to like expanding the selection. You know, call it strategically or whatever. Strategically, because uh, you know there's there are there are brands that are not in the humidor that we definitely want in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know if if people are this enamored with it now, when that side of it is really like more and more fleshed out uh it'll be it'll be all the more
0: better yeah I think um strategic is a good way to put it i mean what are one of the brands that you want to have in there that we don't know uh
1: we don't have anything Blasencia.
0: oh right uh, yeah, that's a big
1: one Blasen- i mean i could rattle them off blasencia my father dot- we don't have a lot of like the smaller uh call them i'm not a big fan of the term, but like boutique brands like romacraft viaje warped um uh Davidoff is on its way in mm. um and we don't have anything Honduran, so probably, you know, I won't commit us to anything in particular. I mean, I'm not committing us to anything by rattling off those names from before. La Flor Dominicana is not in there. Um, uh, Aladino, which would be a Honduran brand that I would, you know, that I'd oh, like right. to bring in. I tried those. Those yeah, are good. Those are solid. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's not there, and, and we'll never, you know, we're not going to have all the things, because uh, it's not a place to have all the things, but... But there will be, you know, more... Of, and we also wanted to, like, aside from, you know, just wanting to do it at a certain pace, we also wanted to get a sense of, like, okay, who's our clientele? Because that whole area is brand new. Nobody knows right. how people behave there. Um, I'm sure it's been sort of similar with Laurel, Like, maybe you went in with certain ideas about who would be there, and, and maybe you learned some things about who goes to Laurel and who dines in that in that Yeah, I mean, I area. think
0: just the area is still an unknown, right? Exactly. when we opened we were supposed to open alongside four or five other brands yeah. that are nationwide and none of them are open. Right. So there's really like very little uh, actual foot traffic. Mm-hmm. Everything that's there is like people that are coming to us or people that live upstairs, which is cool. Um, but still, I mean, we don't eat wet. It's super, super early to be able to call like what it's really going to be. It's still going to take right. a couple of years. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean... I swear it was, like, supposed to be three other restaurants supposed to open at the same time that we opened, and they're still, like, shells. They haven't even started construction Yeah, yet. Which one? Was Earl's was one of them, maybe? I don't know. I just remember Maple and Ash. Okay, and they're supposed to be, like, the next up. At least yeah. it looks like that from... Well, I mean, they were actually... Uh, originally, they were supposed to open at the same time as us. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're definitely behind the eight ball. Um, but who knows, like, what happens in terms of the company that caused them to do that, but... Yeah, that was initially when we first signed on, that was what they were telling us. Yeah. So we'll see. Cool. Um, What's happening in in Cadillac King World? Well, nothing. I mean, uh, just Cadillacs are all broken, so that's fine. (laughs) Um, Okay. uh, I think it's uh, something that's interesting to talk about since we've just been gone for like two plus months. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of people that listen to this stuff are obviously on the industry. And I think that everyone, if there could be like a call in right now and everyone would agree, um, the industry down here has felt the first real Miami summer in four years. Yeah. And I think that's a a really big thing to talk about because, uh, you know, internally we talked about it a lot, like what the off season was going to be like Mm -hmm. for us. And I kind of, um, you know, I made a call. I was like, I think, you know, it's going to be, Kind of like what it used to be, just because if you think about time frame of how things have worked out over the last like three years, it was like uh, COVID time. And then post-COVID time, it was a weird time in that summer. And then it was the first post-COVID summer where everything was still closed, Mm -hmm. uh, but we weren't. So like Miami was just like fucking bananas and like everything was doing season numbers in July. Um and then it was similar the following summer because uh, a lot of people moved here and they had just moved or whatever. So now I think all the new kids on the block, and by that I mean like everyone that's not from here is mm-hmm. experiencing this very slow summer and being like, where the fuck did this come from? And I think everyone that's from here has kind of been like, well, we've been here before. Yeah, and not only we've we been here, but we told you. Yeah, we told you this shit was going to happen, and I think... uh Part of my concern is that some of these guys that dropped serious coin into the city are now going to start getting some serious cold feet about like how their growth was supposed to happen, their projections and so on and so forth. You know, even us, too, like we've taken a hit. Um, I mean, everyone has. uh, And it's pretty similar to what we experienced like 2018, 2019. Right. Yeah. Normal,
1: normal life. Right. Um, It's been an abnormal few years.
0: Yeah, has it ever? So yeah. I, I think it's really interesting. I'm intrigued to see what the next six months holds for our industry down here because I feel like the people that have been here for a long time knew how to adjust and knew how to make moves. And I wonder how the newer kids on the block are gonna adjust and how what kind of moves that they make, but because I mean it's been so so much shit has opened in the last like year. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of it not local. Um, you know, money from outside. So I'm intrigued. It it's definitely been a normal Miami summer. It's been uh as hot as ever and it's been as quiet as ever. And you know, by using like how it used to be, it usually stays like this till like October time. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go into like a new, you know, you go into your season and you're good for, you know, 6 months or whatever and then you do it all over again. Um but yeah, man, it's been, it's been really interesting to see Uh, how Miami was like on this like super high right it was like riding this gigantic tsunami wave yeah forever and everyone's like we're never gonna come down and I'm like well (laughs) I think this is definitely gonna come down eventually there's no way for it to continue going up maybe it plateaus at best but we're gonna hit we're gonna hit um this shit's gonna end
1: yeah even if summers get better there will be summers yeah, like there I mean, will be these dips.
0: No matter what, people will go on vacation. People will say it's too hot. People will go somewhere else if yeah. they can, right. and that's exactly what's happening. And uh, I'm intrigued to see what like season brings. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how many new restaurants open over the next year, uh, because now that we've experienced the summer again, um, maybe people will be like, I guess a little uh, less trigger happy mm-hmm. when it comes to like let's just open up more shit. Just do it all. Mm-hmm. You know, let's open up a you know, whatever in every corner of South Florida. I don't quite know that that's gonna happen anymore. Right. But only time is gonna tell. I could be fucking super wrong. But yeah. I just feel like I feel like that's what's gonna happen. And you know, I've talked to so many other people in the industry in in a position like mine, just you know, operators, uh chefs, operators, whatever, and they're like, Yeah, you know, this is we're we're back to normal when it comes to like what Summertime means right. So, we'll see. Yeah,
1: and it's. I'll be interested this summer. It's it's too soon because we're still in the like people figuring it out thing. But I I kind of wonder whether, a bassino will have a season. I think it'll be the
0: inverse. Oh yeah, you think it'll be slower during
1: season? It's too hot to smoke on your balcony.
0: Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: And then come November December, yeah, you want to smoke with a view on your balcony. You want to. Yeah, roast cool. a pig and do the thing with a cigar
0: well they still gotta buy their cigars somewhere
1: no no of course of course yeah. but I'm saying like where are you gonna smoke for cause some some people sit and smoke for 4, 5, 6 hours
0: yeah yeah, yeah no, this sure. is the
1: time you want air conditioning and very few people have the you know luxury of of a you know ventilated cigar lounge in their home yeah so, I mean
0: that's an interesting point I'm gonna be I also think that during season though we're just gonna have like more people here getting out of work doing things who knows We'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, honestly, like the first year of any business is like, it, it's kind of like, that's why I'm saying. This summer you're rolling. You're rolling the dice of seeing like what exactly is going to happen right. until you have at least 18 months of data to be like, well, right. this is what happened. Now let's see if it happens again. Maybe it'll increase, maybe it'll decrease, but that is the only thing that's going to show you like how regular something can be. Right. Right. You know, and it's also like a place like that. It's like, what kind of like holiday packages can we do? How many scars are we going to sell during the holidays? And, that's a whole different tar- part of the world that I have no idea. So, yeah. you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we we talked a bit about that in, in other discussions of it, of like uh,
1: how much of it is basically retail. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of new for the group. For sure. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. What else is happening in the world outside of... Uh,
0: man, Sinead O'Connor just died.
1: Yeah. She just died. She did.
0: We lost a legend, man.
1: Do you have strong Sinead O'Connor feelings?
0: She just reminds me of like a... (laughs) (laughs) Reminds me of like a... Because my sister's older, so she used to listen to her shit all the time. Okay. So when I was like, man, Sinead O'Connor's gone. Jeez.
1: Bummer. She was an interesting uh, character. Was she? Yeah, I mean, you know, she was... Like, I I don't say that facetiously. She was an actually interesting personality. Very, like, polarizing. Yeah. You know. uh, But yeah, she was... It was an interesting character. Well, may she rest in
0: peace. Yeah. Yeah. It's also uh, the beginning of um, NFL football OTAs. OTAs. Okay. It's it's the beginning of camp. That means that we are, if I were to guess, six Sundays away from actual football games. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just I have six more weeks of being normal uh, until the Dolphins just upset me over and over again every single week. Uh, So that's going to be great. And then also, I think we only have like four weeks until the hurricanes absolutely demoralize me. So, you know, I mean, we're good for about a month. Right. Um, you know, that, like this is, this is the, the state of the world right now, going into August. It's too hot. <laughs> the restaurants are slow. There's no football on. We only have to watch baseball. Damian Lillard requested a trade to the Heat like a month ago. Still no trade. I heard he was sighted on a boat. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's been (laughs) in Miami this whole fucking time, though. Yeah, He's, like, been here. Jimmy's, like, doing his, like, uh, Japan tour, making, like, weird uh, remarks about Damian Lillard the whole time. Yeah. It's, like, this is a fucking, it's a disaster. They just gave Jalen Brown, a guy that can't dribble with his left hand, $305 million as the richest NBA contract of all time. We just gave a soccer player $1.1 billion that he declined. He declined it, one point one billion dollars, and I don't know. Messi now plays for Inter Miami. Crazy, right? Do you remember when we did the thing with, with George? Yeah, and yeah. I asked him, and he was like, Barrr. "He he
1: was like barely saying he he practically he might as well have said he's coming."
0: Still, he Messi, like hinted, you know. Messi is playing for Inter Miami, yeah. and nobody in Miami has gone to any soccer games till now, right? It's now like a thing. It's yeah. fucking nuts. I, I would say that the last like week when it comes to contracts and the fact that Messi now plays in South Florida have been pretty wild. Yeah. I still can't get over it. The guy got a $1.1 $1. $1. $1 billion contract, which, you know, $360 million of that was to pay off his former club. Okay. That's how that works. They have to pay off his yeah. former club to get him out of his contract, right? Yeah. So $360 million of that was for his former club. He was going to walk away with seven hundred seventy-four million dollars, which essentially broke down to some like crazy statistic, like twenty-four thousand dollars a second that he was <laughs> on the fucking field. Is some crazy stat that I saw. Yeah, and he turned it down. I don't know. Soccer is a weird game. It's like a whole football or however it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. You know, because it's the Saudis that are giving these guys money, yeah. and they're all saying no. Well,
1: who was it that said? Somebody said yes
0: to that money. Uh, uh, what's his name? Mbappe. No, this is the guy. He turned it down. Oh, he, oh, that's right. It was offered to him, but he it turned it down. It was offered, and then he turned it down. Because they, they offered uh, Messi before. Right. And Messi said no. Yeah. And then, how do you say his name? Mbappe? Uh, yeah, is, is it? Uh, I think it's Killian Mbappe? Yeah, something like that. We sound like assholes right now. Yeah. But yeah. Wasn't
1: that a, a, a boy band? Mbappe?
0: Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Is this Han-
1: Hanson Mbappe? Yeah, Hanson. <laughs> Yeah, Hanson definitely didn't make a million dollars. <laughs> and also, in recent well, news... If
0: people keep turning him down, they might hire Hanson. And I know that this is big. Turning mm. down a billion dollar contract is big, but I just saw on Twitter yesterday that Creed is doing a reunion I tour. I did see that. Yeah. And that's also a big deal in the Twitter sphere. Yeah. it's the world Are they coming is, to Miami? I don't know. Are
1: you going to go if they do? We should go. We should do a Pancom podcast from the, from the audience. Do you, like? Do you think
0: it's going to be full? I, I think is Miguel Masan's going. <laughs> is that the barometer? <laughs> if he goes, it's gonna be full. I don't know. I don't he's know. Just, he's got weird rock likes. I mean, he likes yeah. a lot of like great things. But yeah, so I mean,
1: it's... listen, Creed is one of those things. Like people like to pretend that they don't find it even a little bit catchy.
0: No, it's super. Ca- it's yeah. super catchy. No one said that it's not catchy. And I think it's some people would corny.
1: go like ironically and just for the the shit of it to be able to say that you went to yeah, the will, Creed. Will you take farewell tour? Yeah. <laughs> All the things. Oh, shit. I thought that was the applause. But yes.
0: <laughs> we fuck. still don't know how to use this thing. It's so good. Yeah. Crickets and applause. It's so good. Uh, yeah. I mean, um. the fact that Creed is going on tour again, uh, the world is really super upside down. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's contract. Bradley Beal now plays for the Suns. Right. Do the Suns have a super team? I don't know. Kevin about that. Grant, Booker, Bradley Beal. I don't know who else plays for that team. I think
1: there's so many there's been so many teams that people wanted to call super teams and ended up underperforming that it's like I hesitate to make a huge deal of any of that. Like people <laughs> thought that, you know, that Davis, James and, you know, whoever they had at various points. Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis. Oh, Anthony Davis. Anthony
0: Davis, LeBron James, and uh no, the best the best quote ever is uh Ben Simmons. James Harden, um, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irvin, and Ben Simmons being like, yeah, it's going to be a problem. They collectively together played thirty games. Yeah, collectively, they only and then Ben Simmons like can't score any points at all yeah. whatsoever. So that was like, I think that was still the biggest failed experiment when it comes to like super teams, mm-hmm. like super teams. So you know the Anthony Davis, they still they won they won a championship, didn't they? In the bubble. They beat us. Yes, they beat us. Yeah. Does that not count? It counts. but I think
1: we had so overperformed. Like I'm not again. I'm not saying they're not a good team, but they're not like a world dominating force like people thought James and Davis together
0: would be. Yeah, that's fair. Who the fuck is gonna beat uh, Jokic? I don't know, man. We haven't even we haven't done a podcast since we lost in the finals. True. I mean that shit was. Uh, We sat in these same two seats when I said, we will not beat Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And then we beat Milwaukee in five games. Yeah. And we went to the finals, which I was okay losing to the Nuggets. Yeah. Because as long as we don't lose to the Celtics, I'm super fine. Like, we don't lose to the Celtics or the Knicks. Cool. Losing to the Nuggets, like, they're a really well-coached, well-ran team with really good stars. And just like nobody likes them for some weird fucking reason because they're just like a bunch of normal dudes that are really good at basketball. Yeah. They're not like these gigantic names like Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, and Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. I mean, Jokic looks like he could be your PE teacher, right? And yeah. And like still an, like one of the most incredible basketball players ever. Yeah. It's just it's the, the strangest team I've ever seen. Bruce Bowen was like crushing us. Mm-hmm. He just signed a two-year $40 million contract. Nobody knew who that guy was last year so i don't know the nba is a very strange place and as you see like fucking justin herbert justin herbert lost a 24 point lead in the playoffs and just signed the biggest contract ever for a quarterback i don't understand (laughs) it doesn't make any sense to me they signed to a five-year extension for 260 million dollars and it's like that's wild he lost to Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars in the first round of the playoffs. It was up by 27 points. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't.
1: Yeah, somewhere an agent has really earned his, uh, man, his commission. Agents,
0: man, when they get the right client, man, they're just fucking. I definitely picked the wrong career. Just making 10% of that for like just, I don't know, making you forget about his first round to exit <laughs> from the playoffs. It's just like, all right, that's cool.
1: Uh, we're roughly at the th- we're at the 35 minute mark that we talked about
0: signing off yeah. on this one I'm out of here, we're rusty, it's fine you bear with us, we're getting us. back in the groove we're getting back, you know, how Pankone Podcast got their groove back, there you go yeah <laughs> you found the button I Found that's, it. you found the button, that's super good I
1: found it, I found it yeah. Uh, so yeah, with that this has been Bankom Podcast. Drink Perla coffee. Uh, we're gonna. Oh well, let's do our parting recommendations. Let's do. Let's do it how it's supposed to be. You
0: know, I've been thinking about. Can we practice a lightning round just for free? Sure. With you, us? Yeah. Who's Who's asking the questions? Uh, oh, do you have questions? To uh, ask? No, I don't
1: know. I didn't, I'm just asking how you want to do it. I didn't know we we're gonna do a. Li- do you want a lightning round, me?
0: Yeah, I want a lightning round. You. I okay. need. I need like. Um, uh. Yeah, I've thought about okay. this.
1: So we'll make that the Patreon only thing. The first ever lightning round where I'm being lightning rounded. Yeah. But do you have any parting
0: recommendations? Um You know, I just rewatched the show Longmire. Okay. I think I've talked about this. It was really good. Again. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um I did finish uh the show Mayans, which I did not love. Uh it was a weird ending. Was weird. Um and uh, I think I did. I ever did? Did I part? Uh, parting recommend the Lebanese guys, the shawarma truck on Bird Road. If you did, you could do it again. Yeah. So, uh, randomly just driving by this, um, it was a fucking parking lot on Bird Road in like sixty seventh ish. Big sign that said, uh, real Lebanese food. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Mm-hmm. So I go in there, and it's just like a little red uh trailer. Nobody there. And I ate uh, the shawarma, and it was fucking amazing. So then I went back the next day and got another shawarma, also amazing. So then my business partner, Andrew Falsetto, is a big shawarma fan. uh, Okay. So then I took him, and then we bought everything on the menu. So I ate shawarma like four out of five days. Yeah. And it was all really fucking good. Uh, So I highly, highly recommend that place. It's like I was... I loved it. It was really good. Cool. Uh,
1: I am going to make just one recommendation. It is another podcast that we don't own. Um, It's called Kill Tony. And I have (sighs) watched a ton of Kill Tony lately. Uh, I recommend watching it on YouTube rather than listening to it, but you could do either one. It is a recorded live, which we sometimes do in front of an audience. Uh, But it's all stand-up comedy. So what they do, it's Tony Hinchcliffe, who's a a, pretty big-name comedian. Him and a panel, <laughs> usually a panel of one or two other comedians, and they're on stage uh, at a comedy club. The For a while now, they've been recording at the Mothership in Austin, Texas, which is Joe Rogan's new comedy oh, yeah. club. Uh, and what they do is they'll have like three or four regulars over the course of the show, but it's all the comedians just do a one-minute set, and you'll go up on stage to do it if your name is pulled out of a bucket. Like if you submit your name, they just randomly draw you. Some of its comedians have been at it for a long time, some of it's like audience members who just wanted to try stand-up for the first time. Mm. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they suck. And it's, it's fun. It's fun to... I, I've gotten very invested. I'm, I'm all in. I am all in. I'm all in on Kill Tony. Uh, so Kill Tony is what I'm recommending. And now, uh, Shameless Plugs.
0: I still gotta recommend all my shit. I mean, we've, been, we've done this 80 Do times already. Shit. All the, the things. All the, the things. Arietta and Nave, Scapegoat and the Taurus, Chugs and the Gibson, all the things. All the things. At this point, just all the things. Big in the power scoops in the realm, Miami gets the world, all the things. All the things. Insert song. All the, the things. All the things. All the things. Oh, thanks.
1: And also web <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yeah. Uh, shameless plugs for Bangong Podcast. You can find us at PanCon Podcast on all of the social media things. DadeMag.com slash Bangkong Podcast. Patreon.com slash DadeMag to give us all of your money. Uh, and if you want to advertise with us, ads at DadeMag.com. Ads at D-A-D-E-M-A-G dot com. Uh, and that is the show. Thank you
0: very much. Wow. All of you people. So we'll let this play out. Oh, it's rough, man. I mean, listen, I do what I can. 40 40 minutes. That's the shortest podcast we've ever done. There might have been another one. Was there? Maybe, I
1: don't know. Now people are going to hear us doing this commentary during the...
0: The credits rolling or whatever, all the title screen stuff. I mean, it's totally fine. It's a little, like, background noise. Yeah, for sure. You think people listen all over the ends? Absolutely not. I would have 86 this already. I'm out. Peace.